0: Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. My name is Sam, and with me is the Saturn to my Jupiter, to my Pluto, to my planet Earth. We're on Earth, right? Not Jupiter. It's Chris. Hello. Hello. I thought you were going into like a David Attenborough Planet Earth joke for a second there. Here you see the Chris and his natural habitat and in if front you of a microphone to the left, chatting bollocks. <laughs> you will see Jupiter's legacy oh. coming over the horizon. And that is funnily enough what we're talking about. If you didn't guess already, we've watched <laughs> Jupiter's Legacy all first season of it, and it's not even a first impressions. We're just talking about the whole entire thing because it's been out for a little bit, really, hasn't it? So spoilers, <laughs> spoilers ahead for Jupiter's Legacy. Um, not yet, though. But not yet. No, don't, don't, don't turn out yet. But as always, everything is in the time codes in the description. You can. Fly all around, I was about to say. (laughs) I was about to say, just fuck around, but then I thought, (laughs) oh no, I am allowed to say that because we mark this podcast explicit, so uh, cover your ears. We fucking well do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone listens to uh, the podcast with kids in the car or anything like that. If they do, (laughs) you've just found out and we're going to find out and we're sorry. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get a complaint for some angry mums. It's been a hot minute again. Since we've spoken and done this. But for for listeners, it's a mere week. But since then, what have you been watching? Well, you know, last week I I forgot something else that I had been watching. Yes. Well, I remembered what I had been watching. I've started watching Lost. No, no, you've not. So I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm only three episodes deep because I haven't had a chance to watch it since then. But yeah, I'm three episodes deep on Lost. And I watched like sporadic episodes back in the day. I've watched like most of the first season. Um. So I'm just gonna try and get through it this time. Are you just gonna watch and, it till it gets bad? No, nah, I'm gonna watch it till the end and then just complain about how bad it got, <laughs> <laughs> like we all did with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, we nobody knew that was gonna be bad. You're going into this knowing it gets bad. Yeah, knowing that the final season and stuff like that just really doesn't hold up to the rest of the show. But but each to their own. <laughs> Have you been watching anything else? Um, I took a trip to the cinema no oh cinemas were allow- back open you're allowed oh. to do that now oh I, socially distant cinema trip can oh. i guess what you went and watched have a guess what i went and watched. so i guess that the first thing you took you took the opportunity now that you can go back to the cinema and i bet you went to watch peter rabbit too didn't you I fucking well did, mate. James Corden, Life of the Party, you know what I mean? All right. <laughs> That's it. Let's talk about you. like <laughs> I went to see fucking Demon Slayer, the movie, bro. Yeah, what? I know the nothing about I... it. I know nothing about it. So you don't need to explain it to me, but... No, I'm not. I'm just going to like quickly be like... It was fucking sick. It was well worth the hype. It was worth the wait. The visuals are stunning, except for one little bit where something happens with the train and I was like, the lighting on that CGI was not great and it kind of grossed me out a little bit. But other than that, fucking stunning. Um, it was just really fun. Stunning. It was so good to see back in the cinema. So Very good. good. Very good. I'm happy for um, you. What else have I been watching? I've been watching some other anime as well. <laughs> um, that's all I really get a chance to watch now, because I watch it while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been so busy this week, I've literally not had a second to myself. That's why we're recording on Sunday. So did you already watched Jupiter's Legacy. I think you watched that a while ago, didn't you? Yeah, I watched that a couple of weeks ago when you were having your weeks off um, when it first came out. So I, I binged it all in like a day and a half. Very cool. Um So what have you been watching, Sam? Well, I have been watching Jupiter's Legacy this week because I had to watch it for the podcast. And, yep, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, What else have I been watching? I also watched... uh, I've started watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia again. uh, (laughs) Jumping back into that. Um, What else have I watched? I watched um, a little bit of a new crime doc. um, Manhunt something... Um, there was a Manhunt Unibomber and now there's a Manhunt... Uh, is it the Nail Bomber? Yeah. The nail is. Bomb in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched bits of that as well. Uh, nail Bomber Manhunt, that's it, isn't it? There we go. Um, been watching a tiny little bit of that. Uh, other than that, yeah, not really very much, to be fair, again. I uh, forgot. I watched The Prestige last night again. I haven't watched that in a, probably over 10 years. That's a pheno- phenomenal film. I just want to go on a Christopher Nolan binge and like maybe do like a Christopher Nolan episode because we fucking love him. Mm. We do. Have Apart you watched this- Prestige? No, but we don't like. Oh, sound I would design. spoil it then. we oh, don't like, we don't oh, like his. Uh, yeah. We don't like so his good. choice in sound. That's what we're doing. <laughs> there was a little bit in this where I was like. Wow, I struggled to hear what he was saying then. But then at the end of the film, I was like, oh, this is where Christopher Nolan explains what's happening in his films back in the day. <laughs> well, he tried to do that with Tenet, but it wasn't quite quite the same, was it? It wasn't very clear what actually no. happened. No, in uh, this one, it was very clear what happened. <laughs> anyway, um, that's a nice roundup of what we've been watching. So let's get onto the news. What's new um, in the news? What's new in the news in the news? First of all... I mean, we'll cover the trailer as well now, because we had a lot of information dumped about the Eternals. So we had a poster. We had confirmed that it's coming out in November. Gemma Chan has got top lip billing on this, so I'm guessing she's going to be the lead role, Mm -hmm. um, which is great to see, um, stepping up from a supporting cast role in Captain Marvel. But we had the trailer come out for this, so do you want to talk about the trailer now? yeah, it didn't really tell you much about what was going on, and a lot of people are actually a bit lukewarm about this. I think a lot of people weren't expecting this kind of a trailer for a Marvel film. I think they were expecting more something like Shang Chi. Um, yeah, it's very, um, it's very like epic in like a, a cinematography kind of way, and like grandiose, kind of like stunning. Photography and all that, and mm-hmm. um, it shows a little bit of what like everyone's like, like all the Eternals. Um, you get a look at Kit Harington's Black Knight, who is just literally Kit Harington. Um, yeah, we we haven't seen Black Knight yet. We've seen his his standard form, haven't we? Yeah. So I think this is probably hiding quite a lot uh, because we know <laughs> this film was still within its editing time anyway. So yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling that probably we're only seeing maybe like the first act right now, and that yeah, I'm thinking. A more I'm thinking we saw probably up to the halfway point um, in this trailer, but like you said, I think it was playing its cards pretty close to the chest. It felt like the first teaser that we got for Dune, almost like showing the visuals of it and like showing like a slower pace to it, type thing. Um, I think they're just trying to make them seem like ethereal. Um, which they kind of are. I think they were kind of trying to like slow it down and give him like this godlike presence almost before the next trailer will show a lot more of the MCU that we know from it. Yeah, it did um, kind of do a good job of that, of explaining kind of what the Eternals are somewhat. Like the fact that they've always kind of been there and mm-hmm. but now only just now they're kind of stepping in. Um, but it is an interesting thing because why didn't they just step in during like Infinity War or Endgame? Like, why? See. why? Why are they picking till now to step in? Do you want me to get into some theories of what I think? Go on, here? Then, mate. Get into get. So in. I think after whatever happens in the past. So we saw the city of Babylon and the Hanging Gardens of that, and they looked like they were teaming up to defend that. Um, we also saw like like mass extinction events with like volcanoes exploding and stuff like that, and. We know the Celestials are going to be in it in some form. I think after they weren't able to save something, possibly an origin of Atlantis, maybe that was like the city that they couldn't save, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. They end up like wiping their memories of the powers that they've got and stuff like that. Um, Or not necessarily the powers, but... Basically, like wiping some parts of their memory so they don't know the connections to humanity and stuff like that, and they're not like ruling over it like godlike creatures, yeah. Um, and yeah. which I think they might be doing to begin with because obviously, we got Richard Madden's playing Icarus, who obviously then spawned the myths of Icarus in uh, Greek and Roman mythology and stuff like that. So, a lot of these characters were blueprints for like our ancient religions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're gonna sort of like become less deities and just start to live amongst man. But we saw Barry Cogan, uh, or Cogan, I'm not quite sure how to say his surname, as Droog, and he was the guy who was living in the forests that everyone goes to see at the end. And it looks like he's almost running like a brainwashed cult, almost. So... I think maybe he still wants to be ruling over people as a deity, and that's where the main conflict's going to come, and maybe that might anger the Celestials or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've seen him like at odds with the other Eternals and like brainwashing people in this cult-type thing to hold guns up to him and stuff like that. So I think that's where that's going to come in. And then we saw um, Kingo, played by uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Um we saw him fight in with what we've seen from the Lego sets is a deviant creature type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see, we know it's taken place over 3000 years. I think first act is going to be in the past. Then it, they're going to go th- through time and then we're going to see things kick off in present day and they all come together. Maybe Sprite will bring back their memories and stuff like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conflict arises. And that's why they haven't stepped in already. Um, we get the joke about the Avengers and stuff like that, so I think that's them all coming back together and realising that they are, they were family, essentially, and all this sort of stuff. That's my theory so far, anyway. Oh, well, that's a hot take. That's a hot take right there. Um, so I think it gave away more than people realise, but you need the prior knowledge to figure it out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To the general audience, they won't be able to figure that out, but just a fucking nerd like me, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Chris has got this down, he'll find <laughs> right, what There's what... been some hot memes coming out of that trailer as well, where it's like oh yeah, we never interfered as like, useless bastards. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, right, cool. Uh, let's talk about some news now that we spoke about that. So in terms of news stories, we've got a little bit of uh, news from Moon Knight, haven't we? Where, mm. weirdly enough, I didn't know this was actually already confirmed, because... I thought this I thought this wasn't I thought this was confirmed sorry mm. that Oscar Isaac was going to be playing Moon Knight but they've came out and confirmed it and it's like well I thought it was already confirmed but I uh, think yeah. Marvel hadn't confirmed it but all like the industry insiders already had seen the contract and shit like that I yeah. think it was just Marvel hadn't confirmed it yeah Which is exciting, because Oscar Isaac looks like he's really going to enjoy the role. And plus, you've got to think, Oscar Isaac, after he did Star Wars, he did an interview where he was like, yeah, I just want to do kind of the things that I want to do now. He said, Mm -hmm. unless I want to buy a new house, I'm not going to return to Star Wars. So this is exciting, because he's chose to do Moon Knight, and that means that... It's not just like a literally a, win, a quick win. It's uh, something that he's probably going to be really excited about and really invested in, which gets yeah. me excited for his performance in it. Um, did you see? There was a video leaked of somebody, uh, him and Ethan Hawke, who were both in Moon Knight together, were training together on the streets of, I think it's Prague or something like that. They were like training and going for runs and stuff like that. Oh, but then Oscar Isaac put out an official statement confirming everything. And it was him sat in front of like the mood board that they've got going for Moon Knight. Nice. Um, and it had a lot of like the recent stuff on there, which is probably the most popular iteration of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just shows that they are fully going into it. He's diving into the character and seeing all the different elements of it. And I think his caption was, We are Moon Knight, like referencing the split personality type thing. Do you reckon he's going to drop the Dracula line? Or do you reckon there'll be a nod to the? Do you reckon there'll be a nod to the Dracula line somewhere? I don't. I don't think that Dracula line is as popular with the wider world as it is within the Great Mates <laughs> um, <laughs> Weekly Planet um, fan community. I don't think that joke is nearly as popular with everybody else. So probably not. Oh, unless, unless they're doing it to introduce Dracula and vampires like Blade and stuff who are coming down the line. That's the only chance we would see that line. But mm-hmm. well, That would be very um, exciting, though. That would be very exciting. <laughs> Speaking of Marvel casting, though, from the Sony camp, we had, we had apparent confirmation that Aaron Taylor-Johnson has been cast as Craven the Hunter oh, in we a solo movie. Do. We, we spoke about this, and I think it was probably the next best thing from getting Jason Momoa. I think you weren't getting Jason Momoa. No, no. I think like a Jason Momoa type. If you get, yeah. I mean, there's photos of him here with like a pretty bushy beard and some long hair. Like he could definitely like look the role. We know he'll get shredded for a role, and he is an interesting actor when he gets going. So that's Mm. cool. It's a shame that this is going to be connected to, um. The Venom stuff, so we're not gonna see any Spider Man in this, which oh, is kind of upsetting. Shame. Um, because yeah, we all heard rumors of like Craven's Last Hunt being in the works, whether it was Spider Man 3 or something else. We obviously know it's not Spider Man 3 now, Um, we've known that for a while since all the multiverse shenanigans was being revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. This is scheduled to come out on January 13th, 2023, so two and a half years away now. Wow. um but yeah i'll take it we so we've also got confirmation of all the sony release dates they've like 100% said when these films are scheduled to come out uh we got venom 2 on september 24 2021 we got spider-man 3 which is part of the mcu on december 17th 2021 we got morbius is now january 28th 2022 mhm uh spider-verse 2 october 7th 2022 and then Craven the Hunter on January 13th, 2023. There's a lot of talk about how this is um likely to tie into, say, like Sinister Six or something mm-hmm. like that. Which is interesting yeah. because it, that why do you put venom in to that? That why why wouldn't that be like a uh, a Spider Man thing? But Yeah, because we saw in the Morbius trailer that's crossing over with Vulture, but Is this going to have something to do with multiverse shenanigans, maybe, from, like, tying over from the MCU? No Way because Multiverse of Madness, that kind of thing, maybe? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to explain that it's in a different thing and maybe Michael Keaton's character gets pulled over to that side of it or something, but we won't have a Spider-Man on that side of it, so we'll probably see Venom be the hero of that film, Mm. so they'll be fighting against Venom instead of Spider-Man, because Venom in Venom 2 looks like he's going to be a 100% hero as yeah. opposed to anti-hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting so move. It's it's a confusing time at the moment with all that, with them. Um, Sony not wanting to connect everything, them wanting to make movies, but Marvel not wanting to go to head with them and them not selling the rights back to Marvel because there's too much money to be it's had with Spider-Man property. Mess. It's all confusing. It's a damn mess. It is. Um, Moving on from that, though. Um, we had Zack Snyder has said that he pitched a seven samurai inspired Star Wars film exploring a group of Jedi before the Clone Wars. Hmm. He said, We talked about it, but it never happened. I've been working on it away from the Star Wars universe on my own. It's a sci fi thing. That's interesting.
1: So maybe so
0: he, he, it might be a thing where he just kind of pulls the characters out and just replaces them with something different and then maybe just creates a standalone film yeah he'll it, it, probably make like a i don't know maybe a techno science samurai mm. sci-fi thing maybe yeah to keep like the sword playing stuff in there and mm-hmm. keep the seven samurai homage going obviously he can't do lightsabers because that will be too on the nose and you can't do jedi powers but maybe if it's like techno organic science or something yeah something along those lines yeah but uh, that might be interesting. Yeah, I mean, most Star Wars films. It's a bit. Um, it's gone a bit dry since obviously um, Rise of Skywalker has, has came out and Mandalorians finished. It's like you know we've got the Bad Batch, but to be honest with you, I've not really been keeping up with the Bad Batch. To be fair, no, neither have uh, I. I think I'm going to binge it when it finishes. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I think I'm just waiting for the next thing. So I'm, I'm excited for the um, the Patty Jenkins movie. As yeah, of when I that think, comes around. I think the next one is the Taika Waititi movie. Mm. I think that's the next one scheduled, but we haven't got a confirmed date for that yet because obviously he's still doing Thor stuff. Yeah, yeah. So maybe after he finishes on Thor, he'll jump straight into that. It's Could possible. Imagine that being your life. I'm just going to finish off the next, the third Thor movie and then just start a brand new Star Wars movie. Fourth Thor movie. <laughs> oh, the the fourth... Oh. The yes, th- sorry. <laughs> the Thor movie. Yeah. Um, um, I've yeah, got story uh, Taika Waititi is going strength to strength, isn't he? Yeah, and for good reason as well. For mm-hmm. Good reason. Um, Timothy Charlemagne will play Willy Wonka in a new origin tale from Warner Brothers. We need a new origin tale, really? We heard about this film ages ago and then it went really quiet. And then Timothy Charlemagne. So he's going to be Willy Wonka in his early 20s. Yeah. Does anybody need that? I mean, like as good old... of an actor as he is, does anybody need that? Does anybody want that? How old was he meant to be in the uh, in the two thousand and five movie with Johnny Depp? <laughs> Fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Michael Jackson post surgery. <laughs> yeah. So I I have no idea <laughs> how old he was meant to be. Weirdly enough, the photo I'm looking at here that I saw from Geek Bomb where Timothy Charlemagne actually quite looks a bit like Gene Wilder in this photo. His nose is a is little a bit, bit different, but he has got that kind of. You can imagine, like, if he's got the hair and the top hat on, and Timothy Charlemagne likes to dress in, like, uh, period kind of clothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's perfect, probably, for Willy Wonka. I Wanker. imagine his outfit's going to be made by Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Wonka and the Gucci Factory. <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast guys i'll see you next week <laughs> that was very good very good uh, thank, you you. Know thank you thank you i'll be here all night you can hear um, hear echoey room as i clap to your <laughs> your great joke um okay next bit of news One Division head writer jack Sh- schaefer I'm going to say it's Schaefer. It looks like Schaefer. Um, sets over deal ordeal with Marvel Studios and 20th Century Television. So she was the lead writer on uh, WandaVision. She also wrote the feature film Timer, the animated short Olaf's Frozen Adventure, feature film The Hustle, and she was also one of the main story writers for Black Widow. So, sorry, what, um, does, what does this mean? Sorry, what does... So, she signed an exclusive deal to produce X amount of projects for Marvel Studios, mostly Disney Plus TV properties, and 20th Century TV, which is going to be, like, the Alien series and stuff like that. Mm. So, she signed on to all those projects. Uh, they didn't say Alien, but that's part of the 20th Century TV schedule that they've got lined up at the moment, so it's possible. Mm, interesting um, but yeah I mean Division was great Black Widow looks pretty damn good so I mean keep her keep her on the books you know what I mean sound yeah. let's fucking sound mate you want to um, know a dead quick fact an interesting fact well come on you know how you were talking about things that have uh, come out into the cinema recently mm-hmm. a quiet place part two got released very recently it has and the next quiet place movie script has actually already been written yeah, um, I think um, John Krasinski was like working on two and three at a similar time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he rolled from one to the other, but then obviously two got delayed by over a year. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Have you got any more news? MC- yeah, MCU, MCU news. MCU uh, Marvel news. Secret Invasion cast Christopher McDonald uh, in a major role. So you'll know him as... The Angry Golfer from Happy Gilmore. I can't remember uh, his character's yes. name. Ah, uh, yes. Um, you'll know his face. He was in loads of stuff in the 90s, but he's been cast in a major role. And finally, Disney Plus, we've got Dine Guerrera, Guerrero, um, who plays Okoye in Black Panther. Uh, she was Michonne on Walking Dead. Um, is heading, and she will be leading the Wakanda series on Disney Plus, as well as appearing in Black Panther 2. Very cool. Yes, and I believe that's all the news that I've got. And that's all the news that I've got. Shall we move on to the trailers? I mean, we've already spoke (laughs) about the Eternals trailer a little bit, but... There was so much stuff came out this week, so one that I want to talk about. Let's just talk about the important stuff this week, then. Yes, I am doing. So, trailer number one, Last Night in Soho. This is Edgar Wright's next jobby. Give me all that Edgar Wright um this comes out on october 22nd starring Ananya taylor joy jesse may lee and matt smith um a girl goes back in time to the 1960s in london so we've got a girl in modern day and she moves to london doesn't know anyone she's living in like a crappy little rundown flat and stuff like that and um, trying to get a job in the fashion industry but by night she is somehow able to teleport back in time and she becomes like a actress and show bar singer from the 60s. So she's getting influenced by 60s fashion and all this sort of stuff, like living her best life of an evening. Um, but then somehow the worlds are starting to come together and the ghosts of the past are starting to haunt her and all this sort of stuff. And it looks mad trippy. Edgar Wright is like going balls to the wall with this. It's not his typical editing style he's leaning a bit more into horror and a bit more artsy shots rather than the quick witty sort of camera work that he does um but this looks absolutely stunning i can't wait to watch this i'm definitely going to see this in the cinema because anytime i can support Edgar Wright, i fucking will um there's a really cool shot that everybody's been sharing around on twitter of matt smith is dancing with anya taylor joy and he puts her into a spin and as his body like Goes past the lens, it turns into Jesse. And it's such a fucking cool shot. The smart camera work looks really cool. Mm, cool. Yeah. I haven't seen the trailer, but I'll go check it out. Definitely, definitely go check that one out. We had a new trailer for Old, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan film. Yes. Um, it sort of explains a bit more what's happening. So a few families uh, go on holiday to this area and they all read online about this uh, secret beach but kids aren't allowed to go and then obviously these families go and they take the kids and Check like we saw down. they start to age rapidly mm-hmm. um, we still don't understand what, it seems like there's something horrific happening in like the closed off bits, like when you try to leave there's clearly something keeping people there mm-hmm. um, something that looked like it was chasing people it looks really interesting. It looks a lot better in this trailer because they explained a bit more of what's happening and explored mm-hmm. the characters a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes out on July 23rd, 2021. So this is right around the corner. Um, there was one shot where like they're trying to swim off the beach and the only way it looks like they can get off is swimming through this like little coral tunnel. And I know for a fact... like. Coral is notoriously dangerous for like just like being so sharp and brittle and stuff. I know for a fact someone's just gonna cut themselves on it and I'm gonna cringe so fucking bad at oh, it. <laughs> just that shot in the trailer, I was like, mm, got me like shivers up my spine. I knew something wrong was happening. And this has got my favorite, uh, one of my favorite actors, Rufus Sewell from uh, Man in the High Castle as well. It does indeed I like it does him. Indeed, I think the only shot we've got of him is him like, um, like decaying as he's still alive or something and freaking out yeah That's the only yeah. bit that i think i've seen of him yeah and there's not a massive cast for this film either the cast list isn't like huge so they're... no it yeah. seems like it's just very self-contained to these people on the beach once they leave the hotel yeah, yeah yeah and what other trailers have we had um there's two more one that i didn't know was coming out i'm not really going to talk about it. it looks really funny it's called Werewolves Within and I saw at the beginning of the trailer it was made by Ubisoft games. Sorry. Um so I was like, huh, this doesn't seem to be based off any game that I know of. Turns out it is. It you know the like um the social game Werewolf where like certain people are werewolves and they need to like make people believe that they're not and they need to kill other people out of the game. Mhm. So they Ubisoft made a VR game of this back in 2016. And nobody fucking knew about it. <laughs> like, like people played it. It was like a couple streamers played it and stuff like that. But on the whole, it wasn't like this massive game. They decided to make a fucking film out of it. Mm. Um, so it's this town, like, stuck in a house as, like, this blizzard hits. But somebody's a werewolf and they're killing him off. It looks actually pretty damn witty and funny. Um But I just wanted to talk about that, the fact that Ubisoft games have made a werewolf movie. Mm -hmm. Also, when was the last time you saw a fucking werewolf movie? Oh, a good while ago, wasn't it? Dog Soldiers is the last one that comes to mind for me. Oh, wait, no, we had The Wolfman, didn't we, with Anthony Hopkins? Mm -hmm. But that was even, like, 2009. Can't think of one since then. Well, it'll be good to get one. Yeah, the last one that I wanted to talk about was The Tomorrow War. So this is the um amazon prime jobby with chris pratt yvonne stragovsky uh sorry about butchering that name again i don't do well with Scandinavians. and jk simmons um we actually found out what the hell's happening in this now so there is a war in the future and they've discovered time travel so they're going back in time and conscripting people from the past to go fight in this war in the future um, there's like this Zerg-like mass zo- uh, not zombie army, I nearly said zombie uh, mass alien army type thing that uh, is destroying the world all of humanity is going in extinct so they need to bring people from the past to go fight in the future so Chris Pratt gets conscripted he goes into open warfare just wearing a shirt and everyone else is in like full combat gear and I'm like this doesn't seem fair he's definitely <laughs> dying and not getting back to his daughter Um but it actually looked quite a bit better in this trailer than the teaser. Like, the teaser made it look like a real low-budget film, I remember I was talking was, about it. Yeah, what was that film we compared it to? Is it Skyline? Skylight. Oh, God, what a terrible <laughs> film. Um, yeah, this actually looked a lot better. And the fact that I saw J.K. Simmons in it, I was like, okay, J.K. Simmons is doing good stuff at the moment. He doesn't often sign on to shite. No. Nah. So, yeah. That's trailers done, mate. Oh, that's it done? That trailer's oh, done, mate. We're in good time as well, Chris. Speedy. Speedy trailer runner. Speedy. Does that mean now we get to talk about Saturn's, Saturn's history? Is that is that... I, I came here to talk about Pluto's mystery. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about <laughs> Jupiter's legacy. So, uh, again, time codes are down below. We're going to go non-spoilers and then spoilers. Um, and also, make sure you are following us on Get Real Pod... Uh, sorry. Sorry. Get real pod at at get real pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm trying. I'm, I, I got lost. Then I, I was thinking we were at Get Real Pod UK, but that's Get Real Pod UK at gmail.com, isn't it? It is indeed, Sam. Look you got that? There. I have a couple of weeks away, and I fucking stumble on the fucking promos. <laughs> I just finished neck of my second beer, so it's only downhill from here, mate. <laughs> it's only downhill from here. Let's talk about it. So, anyway, right? Just Jupiter's legacy. So, Chris. Without yes. spoilers, how do you summarize Jupiter's Legacy? It's based on a comic book, first of all, isn't it? It is. This is the first property from Miller World. It's a comic book imprint made by Mark Miller. Um, I believe he was the guy that wrote the Kingsman series. I'm struggling to remember my comic book knowledge now because I haven't read that much Mark Miller. But Netflix bought the rights to all of Miller World's um, film and TV properties. So this was about like, three, four years ago, and this is the first one to come out of it. Um, Basically, brief overview, the first generation of superheroes are, get their superhero powers, they're saving humanity for about 80 years plus, and then they've had children by this point, they have longer aging processes, so they've got kids, and it's about their place, kind of leaving the superhero role behind, and obviously the legacy um, that they leave behind for their children and whether their children can pick up the mantle and who's doing shenanigans, who's an actual hero, all this sort of stuff and where that leaves. Uh, It's a lot of like sins of the father allegories in there and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much how I would overview it without spoiling anything. Mm. So let's give um, some first impressions up top. So for me... I actually found this like the pacing really weird for this. Mm. I thought it was fine. I think it's good enough for me to jump in and watch another season of it. Uh, and I think it'll probably be around for a bit because it's a Netflix original as well. So I think Netflix tend to do like a couple of seasons of this thing before they'll like make a decision on it. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought I thought the the bits when you saw superheroes were fine. But I also just didn't think there was enough of that. I thought that it was all kind of like very front heavy, not a lot in the middle, and then there was a bit at the end that just felt a bit lackluster. It felt more about superhero dramas than what it felt more like a superhero-based thing. And I get that because of, like you said, the you know the 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 legacy that it talks about and it talks a lot a little bit about the um the rules or whatever or whatever they call it the uh the things that but they I can't stand remember. the things they stand by the thing that the rules that they stand by it's is like the commandments dangerous. or something isn't yeah, it yeah yeah there's like the two commandments of not killing anyone and they don't govern they don't rule you know what i mean Yeah. so i thought that was and and then there was this whole like it just felt a bit much like it felt like there was there was a mystery going on in the modern day that they were figuring out and then there's like a gazillion different characters that then the timeline's really weird and then it's doing stuff where it's going back in time and giving the origin story and i just felt like it was probably a little bit here there and everywhere for me, after like episode 2, I only really gave a crap about the stuff in the past, like how they got their powers. That was yeah. like kind of the only thing that I really cared about after episode 2. Um obviously I wanted to see I can't remember the name of any of the characters now it's been that long. <laughs> I really should have um I'll get the cast list up in a second and figure to, out to the names. To be fair, other than the um the Utopian family there we go, it the does Doesn't really talk about anybody else's name that much. <laughs> no, um, but you know, like, the big dark side-looking guy? Yeah, um, Blackstar. Professor, Star. whatever, Blackstar, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was like a doctor or something, wasn't he, before he became, like, an a, a absolute madhead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to find out what was going on with that whole storyline, but I kind of saw a lot of it coming. You know, like, the, all the present-day stuff felt very by the numbers. It was only the stuff in the past that was kind of having interesting twists and turns, which I actually gave a crap about. Yeah, um, I felt like maybe... i where their relationships progress to get to where they are now. Yeah, I felt like the better way of maybe doing this would have been having Season 1 as in the past. That's and exactly then... what I was thinking. Yeah, and then have Season 2 or like like do at the beginning of season two or right at the end of season one, set it up by doing like 80 years later or something and have like the, uh, have the big thing that happens at the beginning with um, the Utopian son, have that happen. Brandon, have the thing happen with Brandon and then, Leave it there. You know what I mean. Yeah, that could be the inciting incident into season two. Yeah, because then you had all the like the Sky Fox stuff as well, and I was like, I was just a bit lost. And yeah. although it was like there was lots of bits that there was like five minutes, ten minutes that was really cool here and there, and I loved all the stuff with. Um, Ian Quinlan, who we were saying, who you were saying looks a lot like Zach Efron, who, I, who I, totally <laughs> I totally agree I totally agree. I just kept seeing it on social medias. I was thinking it, and then everyone was posting it. I was like, oh my God, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very, very much a uh, Zach Efron lookalike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I really enjoyed the stuff going on with the gang. But again, just very confusing for me. Like, very much like... There's another timeline here. And then there's a there's a part where you you're watching Chloe's timeline and that's actually not happening at the yeah, I just yeah. Yeah. Um I think that I think that was I wasn't I didn't care that like I thought this just happened afterwards and then when they revealed it happened before I was like, "Oh, okay." Like it didn't confuse me because they weren't trying to make it seem like it was all happening at the same time, so that didn't confuse me as much, but it took a second to be like Oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to get a lot of um, uh, comparisons to the boys. Obviously, it's a bit more of an R-rated superhero property. I think this one's more interesting visually than the boys. Like, the camera work and stuff is a bit closer to your traditional superhero movie um, mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's a bit more visually interesting to watch. But the boys obviously nails the writing and the plot a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um I thought they did a really good job of aging up um a lot of the actors, you know, like the the Sheldon Utopian era stuff, actors. Yeah. So like like Leslie Bibb was great, but uh Josh Dunham as Sheldon or the Utopian, his wig was really off putting, his grey wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they would have been better. I know obviously it's the iconic look for the character, maybe maybe just skip the long hair. Yeah. Um or maybe don't make him as grey. Yeah, because there's that weird, like, right at the beginning, there's that weird middle-aged version of him where he's got, like, the beard, but he's got short, dark hair. Yeah. Where he's talking to the kids. That first scene, yeah, I forgot about that. That's even weirder. Yeah, yeah, but that, that isn't as bad. It's the big white, silver-white wig yeah. that's, uh, that's a bit odd. But well, they did such a good job of azing up Leslie Bibb, who looks probably younger than Josh Dunham does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dumel. Sorry. Josh Dumel. Uh, Walter was, like, that was a good choice for aging him up because he looked, that looked quite natural. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just seemed to be just that one wig didn't work. I think it looked better towards the end of the series. I think maybe, maybe the costume department kind of got, I, grip to it a bit more later mm-hmm. on or maybe it's just the lighting i think when you saw him in broad daylight it looked weird but when you saw him in sort of like the darker settings like the prison and stuff like that yeah i think it looked a bit better then I was quite, um, I also was impressed by like how dark some of the parts in this was but i just felt like it was a little bit lost like there's a bit where black Star's like going full black star and mm-hmm. there's parts of it that are quite quite graphic but again like it doesn't it's not very consistent throughout it, i feel like maybe it's not finding its footing with what this show actually like wants to be yet yeah i think they they kind of stumbled a little bit in episode in season 1 trying to set up a lot of stuff like You'll understand what we mean, but once you watch the final episode, you realize that season one was just kind of all a set up for season two. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of shows that do that. I'd rather season one also have its own narrative to tell instead of just setting up things for season two. Yeah. Like, of it felt a lo- Once things start to play out, you're like, it's so paint by numbers, and it felt like it was just all leading up to something else that we now have to wait to see. Um. Mm. You were speaking of the gang, and we were talking about the boys' comparison. Did you notice that the actress that played Robin was also in the gang in this? Uh, Robin. Oh, yeah, Robin. Yeah, you yeah. know the girlfriend that gets exploded in episode one of the boys, yeah, like in the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's yeah. she's one of the girls in the um, was it Sky Fox's gang or whatever is yeah, was? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, can you? Obviously, not knowing anything about the comics or anything, could you f- determine from watching this whose superpowers were what? <laughs> because um, they, I could, I just couldn't figure out what Walter's superpower even was. I was just like, I know he's like super smart or whatever, or he does stuff with his brain. But I was yeah. Just like, so they all have what? like the core same like powers. It's all they can pretty much all fly. Uh, well, they can they can all fly because they all fly down from. The island, don't they? Yeah. So they can all fly. They've all got super strength. They've also got like enhanced reflexes and speed and stuff. But there's there's one of them that gets enhanced speed, which we don't see him use that much. You've got Walter who has telepathy, obviously, so he can control minds and dive into minds, um, as well as uh, uh, enhanced intelligence. You had, um, let me get the actor's name up if I can. Conrad Coates, I believe. No, not him. Um I can't remember. The one who had the daughter. Um they yes. could control energy matter and I'm guessing dark matter in that as well. Mm. Um so they had like matter rearranging but also kind of worked a little bit like um photon blasts as well so they could control energy is the the way to describe that. Yeah. Um so they were able to uh, repair the matter of Black Star's brain and stuff like that. Yeah, it um, wasn't like a very simple. This is a very no. simple superpower. It was almost like it was like it's a bit of this, a bit of that, and it's very, very, only, very niche. They also only showed really like the Utopians family. They showed Walter, and then they showed the villains. That was pretty much it. Um, we know that, um. I had the names up a second ago. Matt Lanter, who played George, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in the past, um, the guy who lived by himself after his parents passed away. Yeah. Um, I think his powers might be sort of like um, technomancy, I think they call it, sort of like Forge from the X-Men because he's created a lot of technology and stuff like that and we saw he's passed technology down to his son Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, Interesting. I think that's uh... what that is. One of them just gets a teleporting stick. Interesting little fact. He uh, also plays uh, Anakin in the Clone Wars. He He does, uh, yeah, he does. I had that one in the back pocket. Yeah, you want to know the little fun fact? Leslie Bibb, she played the reporter in Iron Man One and Two. Interesting fact. Matt Lanter, who was the voice of uh, Anakin Skywalker, was also the same. Um, rebel trooper in that episode of The Mandalorian, where you get Bill Burr's character, and they do that—they um, rescue that Twilek on the ship. He's the indeed, one who like—he's the one who like pulls the gun and like holds it against those two, and then he gets killed. Indeed, yeah. There you go. Full circle. Yeah. Full, circle. There Full we go. circle. we love but- we love people coming back. But again, I, I liked I liked the um, the setup with like how he was like this rich son, and obviously his parents had passed, and then it was all like kind of falling down around him. But it, it felt sh- so obvious, though. Like he was so obviously Ozymandias from Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was obviously what where I felt like they were taking that inspiration from. But again, he just knew Sheldon. <laughs> he just yeah. they just knew each other. They were just best mates. They, were, they just were just best mates. They were just best mates, and you know, best mates growing up. Oh, yeah, I, I see. For I think we should talk spoilers soon because, like, I want to explain stuff. But well, for let's, me, let's, like, yeah, the, let's summarize. There were some really interesting bits, and then some bits that, like you said, just completely missed the mark. And I think it's just it's worth a watch. But I f- hopefully, season two is better. Hopefully, I, I really hope so because I li- I liked parts of it. But I probably really liked about maybe 40% of it, and the rest of it Mm -hmm. I was just kind of watching, so I knew what the hell was going on. Like, (laughs) all the stuff going on inside of Sheldon's head was just, like, like overkill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) I get it. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. Okay, you can stop. (laughs) No, we need to show you again. (laughs) No, no, we need to show you again. Right, okay. Let's move on to some spoilers then, shall we? Yes. Right. So, okay. time codes in the description if you want to come back after we've done this or whatever. But spoilers for all of season one. So, what is there to really spoil about this? That what's the so thing? my yeah. uh, my big thing for me is obviously Walter turning evil at the end. He yeah, was like was... the mastermind behind all of it, which I felt was so obvious from the flashbacks. Yeah, because they were trying to set up um, Matt Lanter's character, Sky Fox, as the bad guy, right? That's what they're doing because he's gone missing. Yeah, because because he's butting heads with uh, Walter, but then Walter's also butting heads with the Olympian, uh, Sheldon. Not mm. Olympian, whatever his name is. The Utopian. Yeah. Um, the utopians. Yeah. Fucking dumb names. I can't remember. Um, so he's also putting heads with him. So it's like the guy that's clearly arguing with everyone is going to be the ultimate bad guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like he's clearly just playing everyone. And I felt like that was so obvious that like it was meant to be this epic grand reveal. I was like, nah. The only bit that I liked about the reveal was the fact that he was having like a brain battle with his own daughter after he had already killed it. Like he was like channeling the dying moments of her brain to make her believe that she was still alive. Yeah, and again... That was that the was, only cool part of that. That was the... Yeah, exactly right. That was, like, the bit that was like, okay, that's cool. And now I kind of understand, but now I'm even more confused about his powers. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> you can basically manipulate people's minds, so it's like, you know Jean Grey from the X-Men? She can yeah. make people think and see whatever they want because you've got total control over their brain. But then he can also project himself to be in different places so that people can, like, speak to him. And... Well, he's just doing telepathy, but long range telepathy. Ah, uh, okay. So he's not actually in those places, but he's making them see him in that place. That's why he was saying, like, his telepathy is weaker, long range, but it was still strong enough that he was able to be in the place to kill his daughter, but make her believe that he was across the world. <laughs> The other bit that I was really confused at was like, because I thought I understood it all wrong when we had the bit where they were like, Justice League it up and all sat around the table. Um, you know, where they were like, they all were talking about the superpowers. and, mm-hmm. um, But then how Blue Bolt was the one with the little power stick that. Hutch has, who's the guy who says where he wants to go, and then it teleports yeah. him. But yet his dad is Skyfox, so... so he he. I think he clearly killed that guy and gave his son the staff. Yeah, because he does go bad, it right? Is. That's that's what happens. I think he goes bad, but I think I think Walter either frames him for being bad and traps him, or they both kind of turn. Maybe, um, uh, Matt. L- Lanta's character, maybe he knew that Walter was evil so Mm -hmm. he tried to stop him and everyone else thought that he was the big bad because obviously they were attacking it uh, the fucking whatever his name's family was, (laughs) the Olympian. That's not the Olympian. His name won't stick in my head. (laughs) Yeah. It was just quite a lot. I was like again, it felt like that all the stuff in the past, if that was its own season and then That was so interesting for me, though. Like, the whole thing of how they got to the island and then the island, like, reacting to them and the island's brought other people there. And, like, that was really fucking interesting for me. I was like, screw all the stuff in the past. I don't give a fuck about Chloe and her character arc. She's a dickhead. Mm. Like, yeah, you had a bit of a shit childhood, but you're making your life and everybody else's life worse now. Like, just strap on a pair you know what i mean and just like sort yourself out <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like she sure. she's just like making life hard for everyone to make life hard. like she says to herself like i'm only dating you because i know my dad won't like you and all this sort of shit like i'm gonna become a villain now because my dad's a hero yeah, and but again, I want to be with this villain guy. You've just got all that like drama just eating up. Like that's what I mean. Like ignore that and just give me the interesting stuff in the past of them getting through the island and all these trials and stuff. But it wouldn't have been so bad if the all the island stuff was dedicated to its own season. Yeah, and then you could have these bits in there and... as like a second season thing, mate. And it would give it stakes as well because we knew they all got off the fucking island, didn't we? Yeah. So when of like when Walter nearly falls off the fucking mountain, you're like, clearly he's not going to fall to his death because we know he survives. he's still here. So if that was just season one, and then end of season one, we know that some of them are there, it's like, it, it wouldn't matter because we know something's happened between them getting off the island and now. So just show us the stuff in the past in one go and it, mm, it gives feeling. that stakes it's like it's like making a prequel to a movie and trying to have stakes it's like there's no stakes because we know which characters make it out to the original film yeah i've got a feeling that this uh, flashback stuff it isn't gonna go away because it's not answered a lot of, like a lot of questions in terms of what what happened between them being the union of justice or whatever and then where, they, where they're up to now. So I have a feeling even season two is going to have things like, you know, why Sky Fox disappeared and what happened to Bluebell and yeah. all this sort of stuff. That's still probably going to be... There's going to be more flashbacks. Flashbacks aren't going well, away. Well, and... the flashbacks ended sort of in the 40s, I think, didn't they? So I think we're going to see probably the 50s through to the modern day in the flashbacks this time. Like, what happened to the the fucking Justice Society of America even the though that's not what they're called <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what the Justice League were called back in the day so, you, reckon, like, you reckon you're going to dive in on another season of this? I would definitely watch another season or, or at least start another season and see how the first few episodes went mm-hmm. um, because there's enough there that I liked to keep me coming back Yeah. Um, but if it's not Grabbing me, or there's no nothing interesting happening by like halfway through the season. I'm not going to continue watching. I don't think. Yeah, that's pretty much the same as me. To be fair, pretty much the exact same as where I'm sitting with it. Yeah, um, and I think that kind of sums it up. I think. Don't think there's really much else to say about Jupiter's Legacy. I think it's fine. Uh, go give it a check out. I think uh, it definitely needs a second season. It's what uh, we would call mid. <laughs> yeah admit it's a five it's the most five out of ten or five out of ten could be literally yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's it for the week. So, yeah, make sure you're following us on the socials Get Real Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, make sure if you want to email us, if you're so inclined, you can email us at getrealpoduk at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget, we have a sister podcast, Get Real Gaming, where they talk about the latest in terms of the gaming world. Um, there's been a lot this week. There has been, been a, a lot, lot this week. So, they've probably got a spicy episode coming out tomorrow, the day after. Uh, they come out on Wednesday, right? I'm getting confused. Wednesday, yeah. We launch yeah. on Mondays, they release on Wednesdays. They release on Wednesday. So make sure you check them out as well. Um, you can see all of their socials on our same social page, but make sure you go and subscribe to them on their podcast feeds. Uh, Chris, how can people support our podcasts? The best way to support the podcast is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us, whether it be Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, Amazon Music, um. Uh, everywhere <laughs> Deezer iHeartRadio the lot of them um or if you want you can head on over to Podchaser and leave us a rating review on there and it will mm, oh chef's kiss syndicate it to all the other podcast distributors makes it so easy you only need to leave one rating review and it'll post it everywhere and it helps us out everywhere it will be much appreciated but also the best way the, the definitive best way to support us is to tell more people about us share, share us out on your socials when you see us post something just repost it that's honestly the best way you could do it tell two friends to listen to us that would honestly help us so so much also we post videos on youtube where Getting close to being up to date on YouTube uh, for the podcast if you want to see it on there. Maybe in the future we'll both get into a place now where we... And obviously lockdown's lifted. Like, we might be able to film some stuff. A video version of the podcast. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to Get Real on YouTube. And also Get Real Gaming. They post their videos on YouTube as well. So, Yeah. Everywhere and anywhere you want us, we're there. We are here. We've made it so easy. We've made it so easy. (laughs) Anywhere you want us, we're already there, mate. We're already there, mate. We're there. Right, uh, that's it for the week. We will catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Would you say that this season was more like Jupiter descending rather than anything else? Jupiter on the straight and narrow. There is actually a sequel book called Jupiter Ascending. No, maybe Jupiter. So this is more like Jupiter Descending. It's like Jupiter's kind of like going through some turbulence kind of ascending, if you get (laughs) me. There's an asteroid shower heading for Jupiter. (laughs) That's what they should have called it. And we'll find out in season two whether it smashes into it or makes it through it. (laughs) Big apocalypse on Jupiter. Right. Did they teleport to Jupiter in the series? Is that where the name comes from? Because I'm really confused what Jupiter has to do with anything. Okay, thanks. Bye.